Are you a high-performing real estate investor who's looking to further elevate your performance? If so, download our free guide, Raising the Bar, Five Steps to Elevate Your Habits by joining our insider network at elevatepod.com. This guide created by yours truly has the power to put your transformation on autopilot and exponentially change your trajectory. Go get your free copy now at elevatepod.com. Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chester. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I am blessed and grateful to be sitting with my friend Maggie Chung today. This is a phenomenal episode where you're going to learn about how to audit yourself, how to audit real estate investments, and how to audit your life to grow in massive ways. And also how to create financial independence, financial freedom in your life through real estate. And otherwise, you're also going to learn about her phenomenal story and how that can relate and how success can leave clues for you as well. The co-founder and managing partner of Sage Investing Group, Maggie comes from an audit and risk management background and has been investing in real estate since 2011. Prior to transitioning to full-time real estate, Maggie has worked in large financial firms on Wall Street, where she specialized in risk management for the firm's investment banking and investment management businesses, which included reviewing, assessing, and improving the firm's underwriting and due diligence process. After years of audit service in this industry, Maggie has since transitioned to real estate. And in 2020, she partnered with Lana Choi and Jing Wang to form Sage Investing Group. With a collective real estate portfolio of over 4,400 units across nine markets, Sage Investing Group focuses on sourcing, underwriting, and vetting private real estate investments for its portfolio as well as its investors. So without further ado, please enjoy this phenomenal conversation with Maggie Chung. With all that said, guys, I want to dive in. This episode is phenomenal. Elevate Podcast is all about mindset, mind expansion, and personal development for high-performing real estate investors. I'm your host, Tyler Chesser, and I am a high-performance real estate investor and high-performance coach. It is my job to decode the stories, habits, and multifaceted expertise of world-class investors and other experts to help you elevate your performance and lifestyle. Are you ready to take it to another level? It is time. Today's the day. Let's go. Let's raise the bar because you know what? That's what we're all about on Elevate. And um, there's no such thing as resting on our laurels. Every day is an opportunity to improve, to grow, to expand. So let's expand our minds today. Let's, let's learn more about mindset. Let's learn more about how other people's challenges can relate to us overcoming our own challenges because we have so much in common, no matter how different we look, no matter what gender you are, no matter what race you are, no matter where you're from in this world, you can create unlimited abundance in your life. And that's what Elevate Podcast is all about. So I just want to thank you so much for being here. I want to thank you so much for listening. And um, the fee for listening is just to share this with a friend, share this with one person, share this with someone that you know, whether you know them well, whether you just met them, share this with one person, that's the fee. Otherwise, it's 100% free. Or you can also share this on your social media because the only way that we're going to continue to grow this message that there's unlimited abundance available to you through mindset, through real estate, through investing in yourself, through personal development is if you share this with other people. So we're so grateful for you. We're so grateful that you're listening, uh, watching, 
And I want to continue to invest in you. I want to continue to give you this massive value. So please go ahead and share that right now and also give us a rating, a review, follow Elevate Podcast, wherever it is that you like to listen or watch podcasts, including YouTube, including Apple, including Spotify, you name it. We are all across the board. So uh, let's dive in. I want to introduce you to Maggie Chung. Maggie, welcome to Elevate. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me, Tyler. Well, excellent. Well, it's so good to be with you. And uh, when you and I originally met in February of this year, I was just struck by the way that you think, the way that you approach business, the way that you approach life. So I'm really excited about having this conversation with you. And um, I think that there's going to be a lot of gold here for the listener. So before we dive into this conversation, Maggie, if you were to describe yourself in the way that the people that know you most, whether it's family members, friends, people that have known you for a long time, or people that know you very deeply, what would they say about Maggie Chung? How would they describe you? Good question. Um, I will say I get a lot of, um, I'm very intuitive. Um, I think it's maybe grit. It's a, maybe a word. Um, uh, and if I set myself something, I see it and I just focus and, uh, and put my head down and just do it. And then I know the journey will be hard, uh, will be long, but I, I don't know. I have persistence. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a common thing that a lot of people talk, uh, mentioned to me that I won't give up. Um, so well, those are some phenomenal traits. And uh, I think that we can all continue to grow our own intuition, our own grit, our own persistence and never giving up because things can be challenging. You know, life can be challenging. I know I was, uh, was having a conversation with a family member, I think it was yesterday and it was about one of our younger family members. It's uh, actually, uh, I don't remember exactly who this was, but someone was having a big challenge about their school teacher in second grade. And there was some big problem about them asking, you know, if they would tie their shoe or not. And, and it was this big anxiety. The entire weekend was filled with anxiety about this tiny little thing. And I was thinking about, and I'm like, wow, you know, there's so many more challenging things in life than just that. So we've got to be grit. We've got to have grit. We've got to have persistence. We've got to be intuitive and make strategic decisions and be thoughtful because the world and, and especially in, in investing can be very challenging. So I can really appreciate those attributes that you just described. So that's, that's a beautiful thing, but let's get an understanding of where you came from. And, and your upbringing and sort of your backstory. So could you tell us a little bit about what life was like growing up? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, so I, uh, I actually was born in Hong Kong. Uh, my family moved to the uh, U.S. for a better life um, when I was five. And my family had owned a restaurant in a small town in Wilmington, Delaware for many, many years. And they work a lot, like 364 days a year. Mm -hmm. And the only day they have office Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I can say that the value, what they instill in me, hardworking is very uh, much there and very prominent. Um, but uh, I, I guess I, I was afforded the ability to have a better education. So I'm really, very thankful for my parents for that. I, I guess along with that, I, was, I took my education, went to college, accounting, and minor in uh, management information, information systems um, and went to Wall Street, worked uh, there for many years uh, before as an auditor uh, in risk management, uh, before I jumped into actually real estate investing. It just kind of like kind of fell, uh, I guess, the, where stars align and it just makes sense for me and for my background. And I love it. And this is, I kind of, 
I mean, it's not been, it has not been an easy road to tell you, Tyler. So, <laughs> but it has been uh, very rewarding, and I, I feel like I've been blessed that. I think uh, success uh, leaves clues everywhere. If you just look for it, it's, it, it comes to you. So, um, so I just want to share that. I love that. And that's one of the yeah. reasons why I love the podcast in, in particular is because success leaves clues. And mm-hmm. if we continue to follow our nose, so to speak, if, if, if I was speaking in a dog's terms, I would be following my nose to find, you know, the treat or the treasure or those clues that you're talking about. And there's clues in your background. There's clues in your journey. So that's why I love talking about these type of journeys and think about your story and your background, you know, going to school and, you know, majoring in accounting and, and, in management, and then learning about how you could become an effective auditor on Wall Street. Talk to us a little bit about that journey. I'm sure that was a challenging experience, but it was also rewarding in terms of your experience that you gained along the way. But tell me a little bit about that and what was that like? Yeah, absolutely. I actually, I, when I to be honest, Frank, um, when I went to accounting with the degree, I did not know like where I what audit was. <laughs> it, it almost just kind of fell in my lap as well because there was a need uh, at that time. There was a big scandal, you know, Wall Street, Enron and all that when I mm-hmm. was graduating. So uh, audit was a big topic and and uh, I just kind of have, um, because of my, my degree, uh, I was able to get into the big four accounting firms and they, there was a lot of needs there to be an auditor. And I kind of grew appreciation of audit because it just gives me the uh, breath of capacity to kind of interview different people in the in a company and learn what they do, and just ask questions and be curious about it. And so, and that's why I've been in that industry for many many years because I learn something every day, and every day is, is never the same. So I love to breathe in that uh, world and kind of finding pieces together and put a puzzle together that that what drives me when i went to wall street uh, it's the same thing it, it's almost like a people community where you work with people mm-hmm. you ask them you interview you audit in their world you know because but you have to be respectful because these people are working day in day out and doing well in their job so there's an element of appreciation what they do and trying to see how we can help them uh, improve the processes and help them think about something differently, but in a very respectful manner. And you try to get buy-ins across the board. Um, so that element, I feel like, gave me the perspective of being able to do to bring that skill set into real estate investing because it's the same thing. <laughs> it's another project, right? Bringing people together and getting the consensus and building a team and just um, making everyone feel good that this is a great project to be part of. I love it. That's amazing. And I just, I think that it's awesome to understand sort of the foundation of your experience and the breadth of experience that you had as an auditor in in public accounting and then becoming an internal auditor. And and I believe you worked with companies such as Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley. And so that experience helped you understand how important it was to ask questions, investigate, gather consensus, build teams, work together in alignment towards a successful project. And and am I understanding that correctly? What other... What other experiences were critically important as you were building the foundation of experience in the earlier parts of your career? Yeah, it's just uh, naturally being curious. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, uh, I have to, I, I'm just naturally love asking questions and just want to understand like, how things work. Um, I mean, in just being an auditor, um, we're uh, trained or skilled to 
ask uh, very specific like um, questions and just kind of get people to think of things differently uh, and being very critical. Uh, they call it professional skepticism. It just mm. means that, you know, you, you uh, trust, but verify. So <laughs> there's a lot of that, you know, so we, we do, um, you know, kind of, uh, we have the ability to kind of assess the situation and understand, okay, what is the big picture here? How things um, go from A to Z, where are the potential gaps and the risks and uh, in, in different uh, across from stage A to stage B, because if you're, if you're, whether you're taking on a new client and then um, making a sale, there's systems and processes in, in the company. And you just have to walk through from beginning to end and identify and step back and see if there are potential risks that you can identify. And of course, along the way, you got to make sure that, you know, uh, what people mention to you is ref- and collect their evidence to make sure trust and verify, trust and verify. It's always, always that. Um, so um, there's an element that we always, there's always an element in my head that, you know, I do, I do want to believe, but I always need to see it on paper <laughs> or something, something to collaborate to some, some, some sort. So I think that element brings very well to what I'm doing right now because um, in private, private investing, it's, it's not as, it's not as transparent as you will see in, um, in the open market. So uh, I think helping uh, my investors getting through the hurdles and understanding their risks that they're taking upon on a particular investment, um, I, think, I feel like it's very beneficial to, for them to hear. So I'm excited to dive into you know, how, how applicable that has become for you now as a real estate investor in auditing investments. But I, I want to, I'll just table that just for a second, because I want to understand sort of your entry into real estate and, and as you grew as a real estate investor, what that looked like. So when did you decide that real estate needed to become a part of your own personal wealth building portfolio? It's, it has always been in my, because uh, my, my family is in, is in business. And so they are one, they have uh, bought single families uh, portfolio. And I see, and that's, that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to scale. I wanted to get uh, more units. Um, uh, so we were able to, uh, so I live in New Jersey. So they're, the capital here to buy a property is really high <laughs> and the cash flow is like, uh, don't even, it, it's, it's probably in the negatives right now. So, <laughs> so, um, so I, I, I know that I have to, I, I always love the idea of going to real estate, like head on. It's just not taking that leap and doing it. And <laughs> that was like especially scary. So, uh, it wasn't until I was kind of forced into it. Um, basically I have, uh, when I have my two kids, um, they're six and four now, but when I had just had them when they were very little, uh, I knew that I could not work 80 hours a week anymore at wall street. So, so, um, I, I took a step back and, you know, re- and quit um, my job four years ago and decided that, uh, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, I know it's something in real estate investing. So I just kind of start listening to podcasts, bigger pockets for one, like that kind of get me started. I uh, started reading a lot of books and just kind of narrowed down like, okay, there's different ways that you can invest. Um, and bigger podcast uh, episode 290 is probably one of them. First one that tells me every single uh, step that's possible. So I just kind of like, try to see everyone and try it out or through 
through interview with other people, like how they do it. And is it something that I like? So I actually shadow, um, shadow a investor, a uh, local investor. She does flips. So I went, um, I, I love her. Uh, she, and first of all, she's a woman <laughs> and she was a former accountant. Um, so we have that um, connection, but she was, she also quit her job and she did full-time flipping. And so I decided I want to work for her for just shadow her for uh, three, four months and just try to help her see how I can improve her processes and do just, um, and she, uh, she actually showed me what I got from there is that I did not like it. (laughs) 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 It was very hands-on and it was not something that uh, was challenging me um, because I'm very analytical. Uh, So I realized very quickly that it was not um, the right fit for me, that type of investing. Um, I mean, we were, we were very, very grateful for her because she actually showed me a path that is possible. Uh, she quit her job and she is able to create a successful business. So successfully clues. So if she can do it, I can do it too. I just had to figure out what is my uh, calling. So. so were you already investing in real estate before you quit your Wall Street career? I did. I have two, okay. we had two single families in okay. New Jersey. It was barely cash flowing. So, um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't very effective. I mean, of course we want to scale. So I had no idea how to do that. Uh, but so you took a big leap of faith then, huh? I did. I would say so that I have to convince my husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but slowly, you know, he kind of got on board. Um, but also like do a lot of research, um, you know, trying to and I connect with a lot of people uh, during the one year that I was the first year that I quit. I just started connecting, reading, uh, go to meetups, just do all all nine yards, and then kind of gather all the information. It's kind of like audit. That's what you do first. You what do you call it? Scope, scope out. So you take on a scope and dissect it and understand it, and then bring it back to the to, to focus. So, oh, that's a beautiful way of describing it. I've never really considered it in that capacity, but now I'm understanding in the way that anytime I'm making a big decision or making an investment decision, what I do first is I gather all of the details, all the data, all the Intel, and then start to put that puzzle together, start to make sense of the big picture and then start to get granular on various different, you know, whether it's risk, uh, sides of the, of the equation or whether it's upsides and understanding, well, what does this business plan look like? How are we going to maximize this opportunity? And it's also just in general, just making any decision. It's, it's almost gathering more and more information and obviously not getting to a point where you have analysis paralysis because you've got to take action at some point. So I love the way you you describe that in terms of an auditor's perspective. Mm -hmm. And so your journey, you, you took the leap, you started gathering this scope, this Intel, you started you know, really networking, meeting everybody that you could, educating yourself. Talk to me about that first deal. What did the first deal look like from there? So actually we, um, there's always like a long journey, right? Uh, I would say the first deal we're actually closing right now. Um, It's a good distinction, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, because you, you, I felt like uh, a lot of people see the end of the result and not see the buildup of the results. Uh, So, uh, it's right. A, false starts, right? There's yes. things that just happen. It's like, well, when is this ever going to happen successfully for me? Right. Yeah. Bump into that rope bump a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot. Um, so it, I would say the first deal that we actually lead on, because you know, we, we are part of a lot of Jeep uh, general partnership deals this year, especially. Um, but the, the first deal that we actually lead on, we're closing in hopefully in two weeks. So um, <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Congrats. 
Thank you. Um, it is, you know, um, I mean, it was a long time in making because we were uh, building broker relationships. And this this is where we're talking about multifamily uh, at this point, because that's when I identified and, and put my focus. And this is the right um, calling for me because it's analysis. And it's also, you know, trying to gather data and dissect it and understanding, understanding the risk. So if it's uh, where perfectly, I'll say it took us almost like a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> to get to the first deal um, after underwriting a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of deals. Um, uh, and, you know, each time we just had to go back to the drawing board and figure out what's going, what ha- what's happening and and kind of replay the the play, I guess, um, like football. You kind of like re-understand okay, what I did right and what I did wrong mm. um, and see how you can improve the process again and let's go at it again and let's do it one at a time. And you just have to put your head down and keep going. Um, so we are really happy and fortunate that we found a deal that we are really happy to bring to our investors um, and lead on it. Uh, we're excited about it. Um, it was not overnight. <laughs> hey, guys, just a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back to the show. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital. And you know how much I love real estate and how it can be a vehicle towards creating any outcome that you want in your life, which is really why we created CF Capital, a real estate investment firm that focuses on acquiring and operating multifamily assets that provide stable cash flow, capital appreciation, and a margin of safety for our investors, for our partners, and for the people that we serve. Our team leverages its expertise in acquisitions and management to provide investors like you with superior risk-adjusted returns while placing a premium on preserving capital. Our mission is to provide property investment and asset management solutions to help investors maximize their returns by investing in high-value multifamily communities. Our philosophy is that we can elevate communities together through this process. And I want to invite you to go check out cfcapllc.com because we have a free ebook that's called the bottom line, the 10 ways to increase cash flow in an apartment complex. And I want to tell you that this is a value packed ebook. So I want to, want to invite you to go check that out right now at cfcapllc.com. I think you're going to get a ton of value just from reading this, whether you apply it to your own business or whether you educate yourself further on what it would look like if you invested with CF Capital. So go check that out at cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com and enjoy the rest of the show. No, that's so good. Well, that's such a good good reminder for everybody listening is like anything worth having takes time and it takes persistence and it takes resiliency and it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to fit in this perfect, you know, book that, you know, shows this perfect story of, you know, you made this leap and then all of a sudden you just experience massive success. I think that there's almost this journey that we're called on and it's almost, it requires us to look within and say, well, how patient and resilient are you and how you know persistent are you willing to be? But tell me what other stories did you have to combat in your mind during that year and a half period? Oh man, uh, there was a lot. As a real estate investor in multifamily, it's a commercial real estate, right? So you're, you're battling and you're playing in a space where there, excuse me, but male dominant industry. <laughs> 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 Um, so, um, but I don't, I never like to use that as an excuse. Uh, I mean, we, but I do have to be aware of it because uh, I am aware of my, not just externally, but also internally how that affect me because it, I can just dismiss myself and dismiss, um, you know, I, I don't deserve to be here. Uh, so there's a lot of that. So um, every single time. So we have to battle 
what we have, what I have internally, and I'm getting emotional already. Uh, so, and and of course, some element of it is true because externally, people will look at us like, oh, what are these women are doing here? Why are you? Why are you here? <laughs> or who are you? Who are you supporting? Are you? Are you really? Are are you just like backup office or something? But internally, we have to. We have to. I know I have to feel the part and feel like okay, we deserve to be here, mm. and, and we can do it. So, um, and you know, I'm happy to be said we're you no, know, we got up, we're getting our first deal. So, and there are things are turning around. So I think it's also like um, people are getting more aware of us or being becoming more aware of that we are here to stay and we are we're grinding so i love it well first of all i mean you just you deserve so much credit and so much of a shout out because you know it's almost like that persistence and that that staying power and that willing to show that i'm not going to stay down when i'm knocked down <laughs> it's like almost one of the most powerful things that you can do in this business and, and and certainly in life in general especially in a very challenging business as being an investor in in, in very competitive environment with so many different forces compressing yields compressing cap rates com- you know, increasing the level of competition, you know, decreasing the level of supply, increasing the level of demand. And so all of these competitive forces, you know, really feel like they're waiting on, on top of your shoulders. It feels like the world is on top of your shoulders. And then you just mentioned even being a woman, you, I'm sure you've had, you know, different external pressures or challenges that you've experienced, but even thinking about, well, so how does that sort of resonate with you internally as well? And how have you overcome those challenges? So what other challenges have you experienced in being a woman in a male dominated industry like this? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get, I, um, you know, you, you have to call, of brokers, right? So, I have a few brokers who hang up on me. <laughs> really? So, yes, um, or just don't flat out respond. So um, that happens, you know. So you kind of have to. Um, that's okay. Uh, you know, you're not going to win everybody. So um, that's 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 what I, at least in, in my head, right? So there are going to be people that are willing to work with women, and there are, um, and unfortunately, you know, there are. There's also good things about it because um, a lot of there are partners out there um, who are also brokers and property managers who are women in the leadership and they recognize it's very hard in this space. So we do have like a little further encouragement from them. So it does feel very well uh, that there is some kind of, I guess, sisterhood (laughs) um, (laughs) in the community that they recognize us, they see us and we recognize that we see them and we look up to them as well. So um, I think there is some some, uh, silver lining in in this and you will. So So you're mentioning a lot of the external challenges and you mentioned one internal earlier about feeling this feeling of, Hey, am I worthy of even being here? Am I worthy of even making this call or being a part of this deal? What other types of internal challenges have you been able to overcome? Or maybe you still deal with from time to time that you have to continually overcome. Oh yeah. It's uh, constant, right? Because once you get this, uh, it, it, I don't think it will, it will, it will ever go away because once you, um, elevate, I guess, elevate to the next level. There is like 10 more levels of you. <laughs> <So laughs> That's true. There's always more things that um, more things ahead of you. And you always feel like you're uphill battle and you always have this challenge. Of, am I good enough? Am I, am I going to be always good <laughs> enough? Um, so I know, I rec- I know that's head trash. So, 
um, it's just, but feeling it doesn't mean that um, I can dismiss it because uh, mm-hmm. it's just that I need to, I, I recognize it, I hear it, and I, I just have to step, take a step back uh, and just kind of reevaluate what's going on and what's going on in my head. So um, if, it's, if it's something that is, uh, I know it's bothering me, that it's uh, preventing me to be my A game, then I know that I need to take a step back because it's not, um, it's not going to be productive day. So. Yeah, that's so good. And and I think it's, it's great. I love that you mentioned as head trash. I've never heard that before, actually. But thinking about <laughs> listening to that voice and that internal dialogue and recognizing, number one, we're probably never going to get rid of this internal dialogue. There's this, you know, saboteur or these saboteurs that live within us that want to steal our dreams, that want to convince us that they're actually propelling us forward, but they're actually holding us back. And they're mm-hmm. saying, well, you know, if you try, you might fail. Or if you, you, you make this call, you might be embarrassed. Or if you make this investment, you might not get it again. And all of these problems, you know, all these bad things, and it's causing you to stay put right. And thinking about, all right, well, let me recognize this voice. Let me hear it. And then, you know, what I always like to do is I like to disidentify from things that are holding me back or that are not serving me. It's like, let's question everything. You were talking about curiosity earlier. It's like, let's get curious. Well, what if the opposite of this belief were true? And what if I owned that belief instead? What if I believed and I owned some belief that really is serving me, my future self and my vision that I have for myself what if I believed that? What if I identified with that? Does that resonate with you, Maggie? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you hit it on the head. Uh, I, I feel like um, a lot of it is auditing yourself <laughs> um, and understanding. Okay, I. A part of it is because your 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 mind is trying to protect you from a failure, um, potential failure. So. Uh, is just recognizing that voice, but uh, but also trying to comfort her that it's okay. You can get over it. And there's maybe there's potentially something else you're not seeing. So that's why it's really, really great to kind of be part of a community that kind of elevate your mind a little bit and open up your mind and see something different. Maybe that will help quiet down that little bit of head trust or comfort your head that it's not, it's not real. Like it's not, it's not, might not be real. So. That is so good. So we got the auditor telling us about auditing investments, <laughs> auditing yourself. I want to get into auditing investments here shortly, but is there any other ways that you audit yourself in the way that you just described? I spent a lot of time, uh, I guess, my um, just kind of listening to myself. <laughs> that sounds a little weird, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but I, I just done it um, growing up. It's just, it's just innate nature. Um, uh, me just to assess that the situation, whether it's happening to me or happening to my family or because uh, I, I guess internally, I know that not uh, everybody's means well. It's just that it's people are naturally selfish. Subconsciously, it's always there. So you just have to figure out, okay, psychologically, what's happening behind the scene and what's happening and how do you serve that person and how do you serve yourself? And, and you kind of have to remove... Uh, as part of the auditing, I guess it's just because uh, humans are very emotional, um, and I'm a very emotional person. It's not it's not that thing, but it's telling you a feeling that you need to listen to. Um, but it's also removing that emotion and see see something that where it is, what it actually is, uh, and how that impact um, the the potential, I guess, project or the person 
um, and to see to see the ultimate solution. So if you can remove yourself and that emotional piece, you can see better. So I don't know. That's amazing. Um, I think it's so important to observe emotions and to connect with them, but then also to just take a step back and look at them, you know, with a, you know, not an emotional view, right? It's, it's almost observing from a curious standpoint, you know, why do I feel this way? Why might they feel this way? What is my intuition trying to tell me? And then what am I being manipulated from? Whether it's someone else being selfish, because as you mentioned, I mean, you, you think about evolution and you think about like Darwin's theory. I mean, at the end of the day, genes are selfish and we're all carrying genes. And so there's this evolution going on over millions and millions of years. And so thinking about that behavior and how do we interact with that as emotional beings and observing them, I think is so powerful and thinking about, obviously as an investor, you know, we have to understand emotions. We have to be able to observe emotions to make effective decisions and not to get swept up in emotional decisions, but we also have to be logical as well. And so I would imagine your background as an auditor has served you really well as an investor as well. Talk to me a little bit about how you approach auditing investments, whether it's doing due diligence or whether it's evaluating opportunities. Uh, yeah, it's, it starts all the way from evaluating opportunities. That's why we underwrite so many deals, and because um, uh, we are very strict in our criteria. Um, and it's just um, uh, my partners are also former auditors. <laughs> so, <laughs> so imagine, if you will, like uh, there's like three of us. We all have to agree on certain um, standards and how we evaluate deals, how we take on deals. We just have a very critique, uh, um, high standards, uh, I would just say. Uh, and there is always a, bat- uh, like a battle. No, I won't say a battle. It's a healthy battle because we want to um, challenge, okay, this is really the right uh, assumption that we should, we're using. Is it logical? Is, it, uh, is there evidence of it that, we, um, that it can really, you know, we can really push up rents? Um, we can't just... Um, because it's not, it's not just our money, it's our investors' money. So we want to be stewards of that all the way up front, uh, even in underwriting any deals. Uh, so we take our job very seriously, um, of course. So, and then when we partner with other people, we're, we have the same, <laughs> we have the same um, expectation. Um, and we are naturally, we ask a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and, uh, I hope I hope all of our partners appreciate that. So we we do, but we do put in our work too because I know that we uh, if there is something that we uh, we can help out on to get further clarity and get uh, get the deal ball rolling, uh, we're happy to roll our sleeve to do that. Um, Sorry, that missed a question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I think asking questions, being analytical, you know, yeah. discussing as a team and understanding that you're really uncovering new potential problems and understanding how can we mitigate these type of problems, I think is so yeah. powerful. And it's an entire process, right? It's, it, you know, not only are aligning on mindset, but you're also aligning on the process and really dividing and conquer, I would imagine, in many different capacities. Let's talk a little bit about partnerships. You mentioned uh, three of you in the mm-hmm. Sage Investing Group. So talk to me about your three partners. Talk to me about the good, the bad, and ugly of partnerships <laughs> that you've seen in your own background. Uh, yes. Um, so uh, partnerships, uh, I, I have you know, mentors and um, people that we, I work with. Uh, they always cautions me on um, 
creating partnerships, uh, creating new partnerships. And I'm very well aware of that, but also appreciate because um, I'm very, uh, I guess, people person, uh, team. I love working in the team environment. And I, you need a team to take down these big deals. I know for the fact that I need to, I thrive more in the, in the partnership. Uh, but I was very cautious of who I partnered with. Um, and Lana. I can't imagine you being cautious, yeah. Maggie. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you kidding? <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. So we, so Lana uh, is one of my partners. Uh, she I actually worked with her in in Goldman, and that's how we worked for many years. Uh, so I knew her style and her, um, and she's of course very hardworking. Um, so we, uh, and I think it was at a point in time when she was also um, wanted to step out and do something different. So, and I value her because I, I there's elements here um, for a partnership to work is uh, you have to identify what you're good at and what you're not good at is someone else can, someone else is, can pick up that, um, fill in that gap. So I know for a fact that, uh, no, for me, I know I can put puzzle together. I'm strategist. I like to do that um, where I need help on is probably on the, um, building the process and, and, and improving the process and implementing it and, and to um, put an ex- executable ex- uh, and repeatable step because in the business, it has to be repeatable and process driven. So I know for a fact, Lana can do that. So, uh, and I was very happy that she is willing to get, um, to partner with me. And with Jen, um, the other element that we're missing between the analytical part, me and Lana are very analytical and we love to look at deals and we like to talk about deals. Uh, the other side of what we are uh, not so good at is the investor relations side. <laughs> <laughs> we're very, um, I'll say we're more introverted. Uh, and with Jen, she is much more, although we are all like all the, all the background, we have uh, different elements of strength and uh, I guess the weaknesses that we complement each other. So Jen is definitely for, by far the most, um, she's definitely by far better in investor relations and she's more extroverted and, and she's definitely, she has that charisma uh, and also trust, um, trust that she builds uh, report that she's built very quickly. Um, but so all three of us, you know, while we are all auditors, we serve different purposes. So, you know, it, it, it took some try and error to kind of figure it out, like who, what are we good at? And, to come together as a team. So what a dynamic team. And I love the way that you described that because, you know, difference in personalities and skills and strengths and attributes, that's what makes the world go around. And that's what makes successful investments and businesses thrive is by balancing each other's strengths and weaknesses and going farther together as a team. That's what I love about partnerships myself. So I love the way that you described that. I definitely want to encourage the listener to go back and listen to exactly what Maggie just said again, because what is it that you are holding yourself back from by trying to do it yourself or, or playing smaller, you know, without partners or, or without the right types of partners. So I just think that it's so valuable, but of course there can be the wrong partners, right? So certainly consider that as well, but take your time in deciding what makes the most sense for your own goals. So obviously many investors and most investors get into real estate because they want to create freedom in their life, right? Whether it's financial freedom, time freedom, geographic freedom, freedom of spending time with the right people, freedom to impact other people. But talk to me about what's the difference between financial freedom and independence? What's your perspective on that matter? I would say um, 
financial freedom. I think it's it's more.、Um, it's when people talk about it, it's it's not very resonated with me before, but it's starting to a little bit more、uh, since I step out and starting to see the、uh, the benef- benefits of it or、uh, getting the benefits of it.、Uh, it's very great to, to have that comfort feeling, I guess, because my husband still has a W two, but I know that we're.、Um, If he, God forbid, he doesn't have that his W two, that we still have a safety blanket. That money is still coming in、um, from the passive investing、uh, side, so we're we're not going to sink,、uh, and that helps me sleep better at night.、Um, but also, it also creates a different kind of,、um, uh, I guess,、um, thought. Where before I will think about, okay.、Um, And、this is probably just very、um, uh, Asian thinking. Because <laughs>、uh, my parents, they always, when I was growing up, I, when I want like a new toy or something or something, they always like, "Do you know how much I have to work for that? How many hours I have to spend?、Mm. Do I know? Do you know? Do you want to know how much、uh, or how much I have to sell in order to get that?" <laughs> so that was always in my head. Like,、uh, and 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 when I'm working or when I wasn't when I had my W two. I always think about when we go to a family vacation. Subconsciously, that is always in my head. Like, okay, how much, how many hours do I have to work in order to pay for that vacation? Right.、Um, but now, now it's a little bit different. It's almost like I have this, you know, have passive investing、um, income. It's almost like okay, how many, how many days, or maybe a day, or how many weeks that I will be able to earn that money back. So it was just a really big difference in thinking. I was like, okay, I, I'm able, I, I can, I can allow that. That's okay.、Yeah. I love that. There's so much importance in that, and it's just a mindset shift, total mindset shift around how you view money or resources. I almost look at just money as energy, and、um, you know, resources towards creating more in your life. And it's not always about trading your time for money, or your expertise for money, or your own effort for money. But it's about being strategic and thoughtful in terms of how is your money working for you, and how is it returning more? How is it creating more value in the marketplace, and returning more in terms of well, what does that mean for your Family, what does that mean for the way that you're living? How does that cover your own expenses and beyond? Right, if you want to be free,、mm-hmm. it's about covering those expenses and beyond, and living without having to trade your time or your expertise or your energy or effort for you know money in return. And so, to me, that's what financial freedom is, and I, that's one of the things that I love about real estate is that we don't necessarily have to have that line of thinking. While many of us, most of the listeners, I'm sure, can resonate with exactly what you described. It's like your parents may have said, "Well, how many hours am I?" Gonna have to work to <laughs> buy you this toy or whatever it is, and so it's a total shift, and it's amazing the level of freedom that can then open up in your life. And so we're just carrying this ball forward a bit further, perhaps, right? And so let's continue to pay it forward in so many ways. But Maggie, this has been an amazing conversation. You are an amazing individual. I can't wait to see where you continue to take your business, continue to take. The investments that you're making, not only in people but in real estate, and so、uh, I know that I just want to. By the way, I want to honor you because your commitment, not only to your family, the people around you that you care about, is amazing, and your commitment to being persistent in this business while you know being a woman in 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 this type of business, I'm sure can be extremely challenging. And so I just want to acknowledge you for your strength and for your resiliency, and you're just amazing. So with all that said, I'm going to stop buttering you up now. I'm going to train. 
transition into our rapid fire section. We call it the rare air questionnaire. It's all about being uncommon. It's about, you know, doing things that most people are not willing to do. So I want to ask you a few questions before we wrap today. If you had to point to the two or three most impactful books that you've read over the past few years, what would those be and why? Two books that came in mind. Um, the One Thing by Gary Keller. Uh, and then the Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, I mean, both are kind of similar. Also, it's kind of self-serving because I know that I can't do multitasking and it's kind of sort of my excuse that I can't multitask. <laughs> but it's, it's basically break it down um, and focus on laser focus on one thing. And it's okay to do that because that's, that's all you can um, do. And if you do well, you can reap the rewards most beneficial to them. So it's like 80, 20 rules, right? But it's very practical. Uh, it's getting your head into that space. I love that. And we'll put links in the show notes to both of those phenomenal books, both game-changing, life-changing books. Mm -hmm. And uh, I agree. I loved both myself. And thinking about the 80-20 rule, you know, I, I always like to ask this question because I believe that it really applies to exactly what you just described in 80-20. There are certain things that you can do that can create 80% of your results, right? 20% of your activities can create 80% of your results or 80% of your outcomes. So if you were to say the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis, what would that be and why? Um, it will be, so for me, it's my, my job is, is I, I, in my team, I'm the lead acquisition. So that requires me to, to identify those potential um, steps that I need to do every day, which is reaching out to brokers, reaching out to property managers. Uh, so I track them, you know, so I, I have a spreadsheet. I look at them, okay, who haven't talked to already and trying to stay in touch with them. Uh, that's how you, you know, draw the, the deals to you. <laughs> so, um, but then, uh, but that's, that's the beauty uh, to have a team because there are other things that I'm not going to be good at or able to focus on. So my team is able to help on those aspects, which they are good at. Uh, so we are trying, all trying to fit out, try to expand our 80 on um, 20 rule um, and creating our pie. So sort of speed. Um, of course, you know, there's a lot of, uh, we are working, what are we working is there because we are a small team, there is a lot of administration, a lot of, uh, um, you know, taxes and all the administrative stuff that we have to work on uh, as we build on a team uh, where we, we are potentially looking to outsource that because those are taking our time. We do recognize that and we're trying to figure out how to expand that uh, so we can dedicate more time into where we can make the most money. So I love that. And yeah. it's just, I just think back to the one thing, like your one thing is acquisitions in your business and, and growing that and thinking about, you know, utilizing a, a pipeline and, and a report so you can understand, well, who have I touched base with recently? Who have I not? And understand that that's your highest point of leverage within your business. I think it's a beautiful way of describing it's the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis because you create deal flow, you create opportunities to evaluate, then you can audit those deals and create, you know, sort of this whole process that you've described throughout this conversation. I think that's amazing. And obviously you're continuing to elevate to the next level where you can say, all right, well, we're, we're taking, we're spending too much time on administrative stuff. So let's explore how do we expand through that, right? Because in each level, there's a new challenge and that's a beautiful thing because we get to become better. We get to become the next version of ourselves. We get to be the next version of our business through that process. So thank you for describing that. What's the biggest way that you elevate others around you, Maggie? Um, I would like to say that just bring my smile 
<laughs> yes, that is that, your smile is amazing. Yes, I agree. Thank you. <laughs> so I, I think um, I guess level setting because it's just that's, uh, I like to be practical um, and I like to encourage other people to bring um, to bring their best side and best A game, right? Because we are we are we're all going to have you know bad moments and good moments and I always like to see the best out of people so that I can you know bring out the best attribute into the table and help them grow as well. Um, that will be probably my biggest contribution. And I hope that, uh, you know, my, my partners and my family and everyone around me will able to be enjoy. We are all better uh, for being a part of this conversation today. Maggie Chung, thank you so much for being on Elevate. Thank you so much for contributing. You are incredible. You're an amazing individual. Is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to share with Elevate Nation today? Don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And and you have exemplified the never give up attitude. So Maggie, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, the, the listeners can find you at sageinvestinggroup.com, which of course we'll put a link in the show notes. You can also find Maggie on LinkedIn, on her Facebook page, on Instagram. We will put links in the show notes as to where you can find her. But Maggie, is there anywhere else where you can point the listeners? You got them all. <laughs> so, awesome. Thank you so awesome. much. Well, Maggie, thank you so much again for being on the show today. I will talk to you soon. I look forward to that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Elevate Nation, what a phenomenal conversation with Maggie Chung. What a, what a heart-centered individual and such a smart and sweet person, Maggie Chung, but also tenacious and resilient, persistent, you know, someone who definitely never gives up. And what a great message that she shared with us there at the end about never giving up because she has absolutely exemplified that in her business, in her life. And I just really, really appreciated this conversation. I hope you enjoyed it yourself. I want to encourage you to re-listen to the show and identify what are your top one, two, or three takeaways or your key distinctions, because really we need to simplify. We don't need to overcomplicate. What is the number one, two, or three top things that you learned from this episode? Jot those down in your planner, in your notes, in your phone. Take action because action is where the real power is. Of course, share this with a friend, share this with someone else that you care about, someone that maybe you just met, someone that you want to develop a relationship with further. You can add value to them by sharing your top one, two, or three distinctions. And you could also share this with your network. So I encourage you to do that. Grab the link or grab a screenshot of this podcast and go ahead and share it on your social media. With all that said, Elevate Nation, I just want to thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.